all bad things. Tragedy. Tragedies, disasters. That's bad things. Trigger warning for everything possible. What? Happy New Year. Almost. Almost. This is coming out like December 28th, I okay. think. I'm Rachel. And I'm David, and happy almost New Year. On <laughs> and December this is 28th. All bad things, yes. <laughs> Hoping for the end of bad things and the beginning of a good year, New Year, although we must remember that just because the clock strikes midnight does not mean that anything has changed. That's true. Just <laughs> mentally, it kind of has. It's like, all right, I, it's 2021. I get the, yeah. I get the idea of kind of needing to put this here behind us mentally. It's the Roaring Twenties. Maybe we can have one of these. One of those. This, well, this century. Well, hopefully a good roar. Not... Well, it was, no, the Roaring Twenties was good. All the way up until 1929. But that's what made it fun. <laughs> was that's, all the illicit yes, booze. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I mean, that's when, that's when men and women started to socialize together in America. In the, the same Charleston place. Charleston was? Jazz. Yeah. I mean, a lot of good things happened in the 20s, and it was because they were trying to bring us down. <laughs> and we rose up. And we still have that in our blood. I feel like that was meant to be really, like, empowering and inspiring. I, just I, doubt, really funny. I, I doubt it was either of those. <laughs> Trying would be the optimal uh... word. Follow us since Twitter, Facebook at All Bad Things Pod. Email us allbadthingspod at gmail.com. If you have participated in the All Bad Things anti-capitalist holiday gift exchange extravaganza bonanza, bonanza. yes, um, please do, if you can, try to get your gift out to your recipient by the end of the year. If that doesn't work out, no worries, no pressure. Just let me know. Just email. Just email. And that's fine. The whole that's totally I- cool. The whole idea is just to have fun with it. Exactly. Exactly. But please we do want to make sure Please don't stress over it. Right. Don't stress. And if you need any help, you just let us know. Exactly. So. Yep. Huh. What are we drinking tonight? Uh, we are drinking Noda Brewing out of Charlotte, mm-hmm. North Carolina. Uh, the Coco Loco. Yes. Which it's is a good. Damn good. Isn't it? It is. Isn't it? It's I haven't great... had this in a while. It, I have, because this is one of my standbys. Uh, it is a porter brewed with cocoa nibs and coconut. It's pretty damn good. It is. It's perfect for a 36-degree night. Oops, sorry. Oh. <laughs> my TikTok went off. <laughs> I, yes, what, you're what right. Were, what were the odds of that? <laughs> 100%, because that's all I do these days. I don't remember what life was even prior to tiktok so what she's basically saying is when we do our 200th episode there's going to be a tiktok involved oh there you go so oh yeah, that's up, not that's not a bad, that on the fly that is not a bad idea i am doing a horrible <laughs> thing which is scrolling through our facebook uh discussion group oh here it is okay because i thought this was a nice thing i don't know if you saw this um But this is like a nice and really cute um, end of year thing. Our longtime listener, Elena, who has contributed topic suggestions. Okay. Okay. So she put out on our discussion group, let's play a little game. All bad things has taught me. And then fill in the blank. Okay. Right? You want to hear the answers? Sure. They're pretty great. Uh, I really like them. Uh, Elena, so Elena kicked it off and she said, to know my exits. (laughs) Oh, you know what? I think I did see some of this. Did you? Yeah. Yes. Jordan said that capitalism is bad. That's right, Jordan. (laughs) And don't you forget it. Excellent. Jordan, you are officially on the NSA watch list. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay. We've been there a long time. Yeah, we've we've been there a while. (laughs) Um, my friend Aubrey said, we'll get to that. (laughs) (laughs) Tabitha said, beer is good. Yes, it is. Absolutely correct. Uh, Elena also said, John Landis sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he does. Not from the uh, standpoint of an auteur, Uh but uh, from the standpoint of of a A human human? being, (laughs) very very much so. Lee said, to like hockey. Uh, Yes, that is correct. That is, and evolve that to the rest of your life. (laughs) 
Not <laughs> not just all bad things. Just yeah. make hockey equals life? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and you'll feel better. <laughs> Natalie said a few things. One, know my exits. Two, fuck capitalism. <laughs> Three, Rachel, don't give a fuck about your one-star review. <laughs> Damn straight, Natalie. Excellent. And, well and done. And Natalie's also on the NSA watch list. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Um, our uh, All Bad Things Yacht Club, Yacht Club captain, Abby, said, Know your exits. Hockey is life. Alcohol is A++. Don't go to a nightclub. Something, something taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and fuck your one-star review. <laughs> yes. yes, to all of that. Oh, Joanne said something really sweet. And, and don't go to a nightclub is also something you can just take with you everywhere. Pretty much. That's good advice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joanne said... That there are like-minded people out there. Absolutely. Yes, Very it's my, nice. I think that's my favorite thing, too. Uh, Jennifer said that Rachel is the most annoying person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. <laughs> but I learned that there's other people out there who enjoy hearing about disasters and other terrible things while cracking ridiculous jokes. <laughs> Janet said that my day is not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Yes, exactly. That's pretty much what I've, take, that's what I've taken away from our own mm-hmm. podcast. Daniela said that when I think that it couldn't be worse, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Misty said if the decorations are made of foam, plastic, etc., run <laughs> yeah, away. Just, even if the pyrote- even if the pyrotechnic pyrotechnics guy is totes legit. <laughs> Mark said stay off of airplanes. <laughs> Rachel, I love this one. Rachel said. That Americans can swear just as well as us Brits. Keep up the podcast and the profanities, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Only we can get to that level. Um, and uh, Marianne said that all the times I was in a crowd crush, notably spring break fireworks at Disney, I was oh, right wow. to get panicky. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep. Fuck yeah. Kara said, don't go to nightclubs. Yep. Good takeaway. Keep that up. Uh, Jenna said, theme parks are extremely dangerous. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sandra said, stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That that is kind of the whole point of a theme park, though, is for it to be a little bit dangerous. Mm -hmm. Because you're doing things that... Part of the thrill, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. you're doing things you don't do on a daily basis. Yep. If ever. Um, Claire said, America has a tax season. Yes, it does. Non-American or non-U.S. person there. David doesn't appreciate the importance of cats. Yes, I do want to hear about them. And know your exits. (laughs) (laughs) And Angela said, know your exits and don't be in a fire trap if you can at all help it. Uh, Love of money is the root of nearly all evil. Fuck girl. And about 85% plus of disasters. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that is, yes. Beer is good. Cats are obnoxious and demanding for everyone. Yes. <laughs> I just wanted to read those because I thought it was a good like end of year list. Yes. That's fantastic. That's so much fun. And it's uh, very easy to see how you can take away all of those things <laughs> yes. from our show. I love how many fuck capitalisms there were <laughs> yes. in there. That's exactly right, Fred. So does the NSA. <laughs> oh my goodness if some, i mysteriously some, some, some die ro- some rookie's got he's like hey i've got boss i've got five more i've got all bad things duty <laughs> we think they might be a terrorist yeah. cell <laughs> in their minds we are <clears throat> oh, that's a sad thing isn't it <laughs> yeah you know and in a lot of people's mind i do think they think like socialism equals terrorism or anti-capitalism equals terrorism which is just well what it does equal is bread lines and we don't see that under capitalism oh wait <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. All right. <laughs> so, um last week you teased that you had a topic for a miracle sode, but we or a good uh New Year's episode, but we needed to record earlier than anticipated. Um Thanks, be- Mom. <laughs> <laughs> we'll blame it on Sue. <laughs> um so uh, I was able to to bust out some research that I already started. So, but this is a miracle sode, but I think it's a it's a tough miracle sode. So it's um, I feel like that's really that this will. I think this is a fitting end to twenty twenty, is what I think. So, so. it's a uh, like the mir- miracle sode where the ski lodge, mm-hmm. like part of it detached. Some people did die. In that. A bunch of yes. people died. One guy. 
lived. And like Vesna Volovich, everyone mm-hmm. else on that's that plane true. died. She was the only one who survived. Yeah. Yes, the casualties in general are not as high, but it is a survival story. Good. It's a hard scrapped survival story. So, <clears throat> so this is the story of the Hazanya and Tammy Oldham Ashcraft. Now, um, okay, is this a series of novels? <laughs> Why does he think that? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Her name or the Hazanya? Just the whole thing. Okay. Well, I was just going to call it the Hazanya, but. I felt like her name is most frequently attached to this, and we'll see why. Um, So, real quick, uh, the word hazanya does have a tilde over the N, so it's an Enye, which I would think means it's pronounced hazanya, but everything I heard was people pronouncing it hazana. So I, I may go between the two pronunciations. You know I like to try my best on pronunciation, so I'm just disclaiming that. Anyway, so in the fall of 1983... Tammy Lee Oldham survived a harrowing ordeal on the high seas of the Pacific Ocean, eventually inspiring both her 2002 memoir, Red Sky and Morning, A True Story of Love, Loss, and Survival at Sea, and the 2018 film, Adrift, starring Shailene Woodley. Okay. Do you remember when that came out? I minimally remember that. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, 2018 was 69 years ago. Yeah, so, <laughs> Shailene Woodley is uh, she's a good actress. Though. She is. She's really good. She is, and I I actually think that having seen a couple interviews with Tammy and with uh, Shailene Woodley, I think it, she was a she was a good choice in terms of casting. Um, but anyway, so main sources were All That's Interesting, the Chicago Tribune, the Hawaii Tribune Herald, the L.A. Times, the Mirror. Yes, I know it's a trashy tabloid, but. Uh, Outside Magazine, Time and Navigation, UPI.com, WallyCully.com, and Wikipedia. WallyCully.com. Yeah, that that was a very dubious source, but at any rate. (laughs) So this is our last episode of 2020. I know, good riddance, all that stuff. Fuck you, 2020. Uh, Even though we were saying that to 2019, we're like, 2020 is going to be the year. We were also really saying that to 2016, remember? Yes. I mean, I mean, not that we easy, thought 17 was going to be it's, better. It's easy but. to forget now, but people, like 2016, a lot of bad things happened. But nobody thought 2017 would be better because it was the beginning of the Trump presidency. So I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's weird. But you're right. You're right. There's been many years that we've said this, but. <laughs> Mainly the last four. <clears throat> yes. <laughs> Wonder why. <laughs> what could be the common denominator? Um, perhaps someone who's somehow disappeared off the face of the earth except for his Twitter rants. Because he's a fucking lame he duck in every sense of the word. Really, well, I, I should say not as much as he used to. Yeah, that, that, of course he has. Yeah. Fucking disappearing act is what he's doing. <laughs> fucking coward. Anyway. Hey, the manliest president I've ever seen. Oh Smeals mainly. Smeals mainly. He does <laughs> smeal mainly. <laughs> so I wanted to do something not completely tragic and shit showish. But this is not nearly as lighthearted as Disco Demolition, which we did on New Year's. We did. or um Two years ago. Yes. My God. I know. Okay. This is episode 182. Oh, man. How did that happen? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, uh, so this has been a year where pretty much everybody is hanging on by a thread, at least emotionally. And some of us, so fucking unfair, some of us physically. Mm-hmm. Um. I had a little shower cry about that last night. So sometimes I just, the shower is a really good place to break down. (laughs) Sure. And I had a little shower cry last night because I'm just like, you know what? You and I, we've been okay. Oh, yeah. We've really have. We've been fine. And not a lot of people have, though. How fucking unfair is that? Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm I'm not saying I wanted worse. What I'm saying is why didn't everybody get it being okay this year? Well, I mean, here's... Because we suck. The main, That's why. I think the main thing about coronavirus, uh, if I can hop on my pedestal mm-hmm. for a second here. Um, Permission granted. Yes. But the main takeaway I get from coronavirus, I mean, it was a culmination of a lot of things, but everybody experienced it differently. Mm-hmm. There was not a shared experience by the American people. There just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what... I think that's why we find ourselves in the situation we are now mm-hmm. is because as Americans, we haven't had a really good shared experience in a long time. Mm-hmm. And this could have been a time 
I mean, I've never ever rooted for Trump in my entire life. I never would. But I was hoping for this that he would at least get it together. Mm-hmm. And enough. Just enough. Just enough. The bare I I mean, literally, mm-hmm. I was like, can you do the bare minimum mm-hmm. by putting on a mask and just even that would have sent a big message. Showing yeah. like one one thousandth of the amount of empathy a normal person would feel, right. but for you, that's ten times more than a yes. normal person would feel. <laughs> and it <clears throat> it didn't happen, and the results were pretty predictable. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. That's no, my takeaway. No, you're right. You're right. But I thought it would be fitting um, to see this year out with a story about someone who basically hung on by a thread. And fortunately... Like our nation. Yeah. And fortunately, someone who made it through. And there's going to be some really inspiring words at the end. And I'm going to try not to cry because I actually cried writing them. So anyway, so we're going to start out with the heroine of our story, Tammy Oldham Ashcraft. So Tammy was born Tammy Lee Oldham on February 20th, 1960 in San Diego. I I really struggled to find more biographical information about her, which I get. So first off, she did write that memoir that I mentioned. Now, we've gotten called out for not doing um, great research because you're absolutely right, little fuckface one star reviewer, (laughs) that there are sometimes tomes of research that we could draw on. We pump this shit out on the reg like once a week. I don't have... I have a job. I have a business, yeah, actually. We... <laughs> and um, I was going to say, I have a job. You have a business. Yeah. And we we struggled to find the time to read an entire book. Now, especially <laughs> like five days after I decided that I would do the story. So all due respect to Tammy, and I'm sure her book is amazing, and I should read it. I didn't read it. So I'm guessing that her book goes into a lot more detail. So I would definitely um, point you that way if you're really interested in the story, which you should be because it's pretty amazing. But um, anyway, but aside from this ordeal, she's a normal person. She's not a celebrity. She's not somebody who deliberately put herself out there as like some sort of star or whatever. She's just an average person. So I get and respect that a lot of her personal information isn't really out there. So I didn't have a ton of information to draw on, but just a little bit about her. Um, She grew up in Point Loma, which is a little peninsula off of San Diego. I was going to say, that sounds familiar. Do you remember the Hotel Del when we went to the We we Honeymoon in San Diego? So Coronado Island. That's right, you're right. Just west of Coronado Island is the... So, so Coronado Island is like up in a little bay, almost like, you know, with the peninsula and Point Loma is a little peninsula. Yes. Because I looked at places there too. Mm. It looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool place to grow up. They, they were a little more expensive. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> but we had fun at Tower 23. Yes, we did. That was very fun. Mm-hmm. Very fun. Ah, oh, couldn't have asked for a better honeymoon. That was so much fun. That yes. was so cool to go there. Yes, it was. For our fifth anniversary, maybe? Maybe. maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, Somewhere within the United States, <laughs> since we can't go anywhere else. <laughs> That's right. At least for a year, right? So, uh, from an early age, Tammy was sailing. Uh, so she, I mean, you grew up in Southern California. Like, you're probably going to... I mean, I say that, but I grew up in Miami, and we never went to the beach. So yeah, I was going to say, and you don't even like given. the ocean. It's not a given, but <laughs> she... <laughs> you're right uh no i like the, no, the ocean i like the idea of the ocean i just don't want to be on it or in it or yeah, next to it necessarily that's not liking the ocean no i love <laughs> the idea that it's there i want to leave all the peaceful creatures where it's they not are. an idea though it is there <laughs> <laughs> so from an early age tammy was sailing having learned how to sail on her father's hobie cat do you know what a hobie yes, cat I do. is yep oh, Okay, well, I have a picture for myself. You're a little it's like, small sailboats. Yeah. Well, but they're double hulled. Yep. So they almost look like I, they yep. look like water skis to me, like weird. The the, the general. Um, it's a catamaran. Right, and it generally only has, unless it has to do some other uh, maneuvering, only has one sail up. Mm. That's the. We're going but they're, to discover how little I know about sailing. In I, this I don't know a whole lot. Peter, uh, my stepdad, yeah. had a sailboat, mm-hmm. and oh, he knows about boating. He knows yes. from boats. Yeah. yeah, I, I do not. So long and short, clearly, Tammy grew up around watercraft. She was a California girl, sure. right? Like a typical Southern California girl. 
Growing up during the 60s and 70s, that must have been fucking fun, too. Yes, it would have. Yeah. Uh, By age 19, she had already sailed across the Pacific Ocean. So she's done, like, major adventure shit by the time she was 19. She would later describe herself at this time as, quote, not a master navigator by any means, but I enjoyed it, (laughs) end quote. She basically spent the first several years of her adulthood sailing. So she knew, she she was not a professional, but she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing, yeah. yeah. She grew up around this. We're not talking about a novice. No, no. In October 1982, 22-year-old Tammy met a charming 33-year-old man from Cornwall, England, named Richard Sharp. And here is Tammy and Richard. Richard Sharp. Do they not just look like 1983 California? He also looks like a guy named Richard Sharp. (laughs) They look like the cover of Beach Boys. They they kind of do. Yeah. Yeah, that must, yeah. That must have been fun to be in your like late teens and 20s during the 60s and 70s. Uh, yeah. If you're white, at least. <laughs> true. Very true. That's, They're very white. Yes. <laughs> and, didn't have, that, uh, but... and didn't have cousins and brothers and uncles in Vietnam. And... Uh, there's I take there's a, some caveats there. I take it back. Like I, I think I literally hit the sweet spot as far as <laughs> right. growing up in America. <laughs> so Tammy would later describe Richard as, quote, a people person. I'm a little more reserved, so we made a good couple in that way. He was very well-read, he was a pretty smart guy, and he was a vet, an adventurer. He was just a very genuine, beautiful person, end quote. So the couple spent the first half of 1983 pleasure cruising around the South Pacific in Richard's 36-foot sailboat, the Mayaluga. Nice. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> to be... That would be a pleasure cruise. 23, oops. <clears throat> and, like... Sailing around with your handsome fiancé? That sounds pretty fun. Myself. Anyway, that autumn, so the fall of 1983, whether due to lack of funds or just wanting to set out on a new adventure, they met a couple um, that they decided to take a job from. Uh, They offered them, so this couple offered them a job sailing a yacht from Tahiti to San Diego. So it's about a 4,000 mile trip or 6,400 kilometers. Yeah. That's a long way. It's a very long ways. Pacific Ocean is the largest ocean in the world, lest we forget. So its owners were Peter and Christine Crompton of Southampton, England. So they had something in common with Richard and being from uh, the UK. And they wanted to get this... Uh, they they wanted to get the ship to San Diego to sell it. So in a sentence that could only be written about which rich white people, they had gotten tired of sailing around the world and just wanted to offload it. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I'm done with this. <laughs> like, oh... Hip, hip, chidio. Let's just... No, now I'm going to offend all our UK listeners. I found myself seven times already. <laughs> we just want to sell it. Just sell the, the sell the heap. We are we are bored to tears of sailing around the world. Yeah, so... Anyway. Here you go, kid. <laughs> well, and to be fair, uh, Richard was 34 at the time. So... Sure. He wasn't a kid. And no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying, like that's who they're gonna leave the sailboat <laughs> right. for. Like just, but oh, I, I mean, gotcha. it's, it's not, like it's not like we're downplaying what they were doing is not impressive because oh, it no. is four, sailing four thousand miles. <laughs> we are downplaying is just that they had the privilege to do it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's okay to recognize, like, yeah, privilege be privilege, <laughs> you know. Um, so little geography corner here, just in case. Tahiti is located in the South Pacific Ocean, roughly halfway between Australia and South America. In the middle of fucking, fucking nowhere. Way out there. Um, I would really love to visit Tahiti one day just because I, would I will also be terrified of visiting Tahiti. Just the idea of being on a tiny little island in the middle of the world's in largest ocean. In the middle ocean of nowhere. It's a little terrifying. Yeah. But awesome. Anyway. Um, and it's mostly due almost directly south of Hawaii, slightly okay. east. Um, obviously, not only were Tammy and Richard keen sailors, but they had a lot of experience sailing in the Pacific. Remember, Tammy had already multiple, at least once, mm-hmm. actually, um, crossed the Pacific, like by 19. So, and she was 23, but she had several years under her belt, you know. I would trust Tammy a shit ton more than me. Actually, uh, yes, yes, that's that's a no-brainer. That's not even <laughs> not even a question. We want to sail this this boat from Tahiti to San Diego. Let's hire an accountant. <laughs> when it came to when it comes to do with anything that involves water, 
I'll, I'll trust anyone <laughs> over me. I get it. I would agree with that. I trust anyone over me. Literally, no one could be less knowledgeable than me. Anyway, <clears throat> so on September 19th, 1983, Richard proposed to Tammy in Tahiti, which, like, talk about fucking romantic, right? like, location, and she accepted. Three days later, on September 22nd, and imagine this, you propose, she accepts, and now you get to sail from Tahiti to San Diego. It, it, it is idyllic in concept. We will come to see oh, what the reality is. Yes, in yeah. concept. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, if they were on a cruise ship, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. Like, not having to worry about shit. But no, they're on a pretty lengthy, pretty good-sized sailboat, but still, you're going across the Pacific Ocean. Oh, I didn't even... Oh, my goodness. I, I, I missed a whole sentence here. Well, so, okay. the ship. I met, I forgot to mention the ship. I totally skipped this sentence. So... <laughs> The ship was 43 feet or 13 meters long and named the Hazana or Hazana, which roughly translates from Spanish to English as like a feat, like an accomplishment, an achievement. Uh, and damn, did Tammy accomplish a Hazana here. Uh, so anyway, September 22nd, they left Papati Harbor in Tahiti headed for San Diego. Unfortunately for them, they happened to be sailing in the Pacific Ocean during one of the most active Pacific hurricane seasons in that ocean at the time. Now, we've talked a lot about the Atlantic hurricane season. I think this is our first Pacific hurricane we're going to talk about. Really? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Much like the Atlantic, the Pacific sees the most activity for hurricanes between June and October. A little less activity sometimes May and November, and then rarely in the remaining months of the year. The bulk of Pacific storms form off the west coast of Central America and travel westward in the ocean. So in the Atlantic, it's off the... It's kind of pushing it out. It's off the west coast of Africa, right. Whereas on the Atlantic coast, the hurricane is coming into shore. Right, instead of going out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Just the islands are Mm -hmm. really at risk in the Pacific as opposed to, like, an actual mainland. Yeah. Uh, So the uh, that year had already seen nine named storms that had reached hurricane status in the Pacific. So quick refresher, a storm turns from a tropical storm into a Category 1 hurricane at 74 miles per hour, or 119 kilometers per hour. Sustained maximum sustained I was going to say 80, because I know we've covered that. It's not far. Yeah, you're you're close. Yeah. So one, Hurricane Miguel had only just disintegrated on September 20th when they left on the 22nd. Tropical Storm Narda had already formed, followed by Tropical Storm Octave and Hurricane Priscilla by the end of September. But none of those storms would cause Tammy and Richard any trouble. Instead, it would be a small tropical wave from Nicaragua that formed on October 5th, 1983. So this storm started to move westward, where it, it, it first seemed it would see little development because of a strong wind shear. But a wind shear, when it comes to hurricanes, can kind of do one of two things. It can hurt it and break it up, or it can help it and bolster mm. it. And uh, guess what happened in this you case. Know, this storm kept growing, intensifying from a wave to a tropical depression, which is sustained winds up to 38 miles an hour or 62 kilometers per hour, by October 8th. So within three days, it was turning into an actual storm. It came across some warm waters which we've talked about. That's good good for hurricanes, not good for people, right? Um, And by October 9th, the storm gained its name, Tropical Storm Raymond. By October 10th, it became Hurricane Raymond. So this storm developed really quickly, which kind of makes sense because it's over open water. Mm -hmm. Unlike the Atlantic where it starts hitting shit, like hitting These things just keep going. Yeah. So this is 1983, Sailing technology was certainly such that relatively experienced sailors like Tammy and Richard had knowledge of what was going on weather-wise on their route. They did know about Hurricane Raymond. But storms can be unpredictable, and that's exactly what Raymond was. So they listened really carefully on the radio as Raymond intensified. They kept tabs on it, and they tried to outmaneuver it. You know, it would go south, they would go north. It would go west, they would go east. Like, they were trying to, to stay away from it. By October 12th, Raymond had taken a turn that Richard and Tammy had not anticipated. 
So they were trying to sail north of it, but the weather around them was just rapidly deteriorating. It was Mm. pretty clear that they were headed into something really terrible. And a terrified Tammy asked Richard, quote, Richard, is this it? Are we getting it? End quote. To which Richard replied, quote, we'll be okay. We're going to survive. End quote. Sure. So Richard and Tammy, that day, October 12th, quickly found themselves in an all-out battle with the hurricane. They prepared as best as they could with a storm approaching, or rather, like, as the storm and the yacht were approaching each other. They put on raincoats, which, cute, like, not going to help a ton, but okay, fair no, enough. No, it'll, it'll, it'll help a little bit. I guess, I guess. Any I mean, little bit be, helps. You won't be fucking drenched. You know, that's I, what the... Okay, okay, fair enough. As drenched. Yep. And they batten down the hatches, quite literally, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Like, secure everything on the ship. Um, of course, the 43-foot yacht was no match for Hurricane Raymond, especially because in just two days since the storm had been upgraded to hurricane status, it had already pe- reached its peak intensity as a strong Category 4, with maximum st- sustained winds of 145 Fucking miles no. per hour. Fucking thanks. 235 kilometers per hour. In the middle hour. of the ocean? In the middle of the ocean, and you're Fuck in a 43-foot yacht. <laughs> oh, nope. my God. Now, obviously, the last not, thing not that you would it. want ever in the world while sailing a yacht on the high seas is to encounter... Nearly 150 mile per hour winds. You don't really want to encounter 30 mile an hour winds. You, no, you don't want to encounter wind, big winds. I mean, you're going to. Yes. Uh-huh. Very big winds, the biggest winds. <laughs> I mean, 30 mile, think of how much of a force 30 mile an hour winds God. are. And now. And it's not just wind, now, it's like rain and shit, tack, too. Tack, yeah. tack 100 miles onto that. Oh like, what God. the fuck? No way. Like, that's just. No way. No, yeah. But that's exactly where Richard and Tammy found themselves, mm. about 1,600 miles or 2,500 kilometers southeast of Hawaii. They were in the middle of, of fucking nowhere. nowhere. They were they were literally in Middle Earth. They <laughs> went they went through they went through the whole Tolkien novels, <laughs> and like in real time. Right, right. Fuck that. So the winds began kicking up massive waves, estimated to have reached heights of 40 or 12 meters that's four stories anybody fucking can you even i can't even imagine that i really can't they depict it apparently i saw like a preview i did not watch the movie but i saw a preview for it and they showed like a fucking what looked like a four story wave coming at them and yeah even in cgi it was fucking terrifying i mean i've i've seen it on uh some of the surfing videos where they do Mm. the drop-ins on those big waves I don't think those are 40. Maybe they are. Who knows? Oh God knows. But I it's don't. it looks scary as fuck. And it's like it's a wall of water coming it's like, at it's you. Like what are you going to do? Well, it's like if you fall, you're dead. <laughs> yeah, in that case, yeah. It's it's that simple. Like there's no yeah. you either ride the wave and get out of it or yeah. you don't. Mm-hmm. Those are your options. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, no Jesus. no thanks. No way. So things were really bad really fast. And Richard told Tammy, go below deck and strap down. He, she, he told her to strap down to a table. Like, literally, secure yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, just for her own safety. Like, gonna get, get below deck. Yeah. So she, he stayed on the deck and strapped himself into a safety harness. Sure. She went below deck, like, like he said. And just as she strapped herself down... She heard Richard scream, oh my God. The boat was just wrenched to the side. She was thrown, hit her head out cold. When Tammy finally came to, it was the next day. She had been conscious for about 27 hours. Unconscious? Unconscious. She had been knocked fucking out. And she had a painful open wound on her forehead. The waters had calmed, but the chaos of Hurricane Raymond was evident as she looked around the ship, which was somehow still afloat. It had not just sunk. Water was filling the main cabin, and the yacht's masts were missing. They were just completely knocked just off. off. Just, just absolutely torn off the boat altogether. The sails were still there, but they were tattered and like dragging Unus- in the water. Unusable, yeah. 
And the navigation system, the engine, the EPIRB, the satellite light positioning mm. beacon, and the radio were all inoperable. That's a bit of a problem. Most tragically, however, Richard wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, Tammy found the safety harness empty and drooping into the water. So Richard had, I mean, presumably, because he was never found. So what stands to reason is, yeah, he was washed overboard and drowned. And he ended up being the first and, as it would turn out, the only victim of Hurricane Raymond. So... Uh, really quick. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, Tammy found herself alone and adrift in the middle of the Pacific Ocean on the battered Hazana with a little idea where she was or how she could possibly make it to safety. 23 years old. And all you can see around you, just put this in perspective. Water. Like where, where, you don't even know what direction you're going in. You don't know what is happening because... Well, you're you're fucking dazed from a head wound. <clears throat> Your fiance's dead. You know that. Well, you're by probably now. and you're probably concussed yes. a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, probably still, mm-hmm. and that's not good for being out on in the middle of the ocean. None of this is good. None of this is really survivable. No. But shall we go? How on? she survived in the first place is yeah. Yeah. So, Tammy was no pushover. And this, if this story doesn't prove it, I don't know what does. Uh, while she was, in her own words, as we mentioned, a more reserved person than the bubbly Richard, she knew her way around a boat. And in the ocean, as has already been established, of course, she had also been knocked unconscious for more than a day and awoke to find her fiancé dead and her boat trashed. Her fiancé missing. But she knew. Missing presumed dead. Correct. Yeah. Correct. She presumed him dead yep. immediately, which was the c- correct presumption. Correct presumption. Yes, I suppose in some parallel universe he may have survived, but literally no one ever saw him again. So I think it's Occam's razor there. Pretty. Yeah. Um, so she definitely had some major emotional hurdles to overcome before she even got to like the physical survival part. She would later say, quote, Definitely the hardest part was dealing with Richard being gone. There were times I didn't even want to live anymore because I didn't know how I was going to go on. End quote. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She also noted that despite this, her brain and body began switching over to survival mode, helping her focus and begin to problem solve. So summoning all of her previous sailing experience, Tammy got to work. The first problem to solve was keeping the Hazana afloat, considering it was in real danger of sinking because water was filling the cabin. So I couldn't find specific details on this, but somehow through her own ingenuity, she managed to fashion some sort of a water pump (laughs) to basically get that water out of the cabin, which is amazing. Well, if you you have the experience that she has, then there are times where you just got to think on your feet and just create something out of nothing. She fucking did. Yeah. Yeah. She also managed to find a broken spinnaker pole, and a spinnaker is a type of sail, and she was able to make a makeshift sail, enough that she was able to navigate the boat. I was just going to say, just enough. Just enough. Yep, that's right. And she said it it took a lot of vigilance, too. Like, it took a lot of control. I'm I'm guessing it did. Yes. (laughs) Um... I would have been dead. <laughs> yeah, no, right? <laughs> like, what even? <laughs> like, there would have been no story. No. If there was, it was, it was just been like, no. Two people went out to and this part of the died. Pacific Ocean, yeah. and we never heard from yeah. them again, and never investigated because they've just got to be dead. What else do you do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How do you find a needle in a haystack? Literally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so, but here was another problem: navigation. Because the navigation system was out. So what could she do? Go off the sun or the moon. Yeah, you're not far off of it. So you're absolutely right. She had a sextant. Do you know what a sextant is? I've heard that. Is that the... Let me show you a picture of a sextant. It's pretty cool. That's not what I was thinking of. Okay. So this thing looks like something out of like Amerigo Vespucci days. Yeah, it also looks like a torture device. It does look like a torture device. And medieval times, to be honest. (laughs) But it doesn't go quite back to, like, 
Christopher Columbus or anything. It was invented near the end of the 1700s by someone named Jesse Ramsden. Uh, but for the rest of my little diversion <clears throat> into explaining a sextant, I've turned to my favorite. Reddit's explain like I'm five. <laughs> I asked, what is a sextant? Or anyway, I looked at, at someone who had asked that. Um, and user Mellow Lemon helpfully explained that the purpose of a sextant is to primarily determine longitude. Okay, that makes so sense. So apparently latitude has always been kind of easy to figure out because of the position of the sun, the moon, and the stars. And how the earth rotates Yes, as well. but longitude is trickier. Sure. That's the tricky bit. But a sextant is able to help measure the distance between the moon and the sun or another fixed star, and then the altitude of each two of the two bodies being measured which is then compared to charts and that is able to help navigate and it is fucking wild and a skill set i do not have in any way shape or form you could hand me that thing and i'd be like um <laughs> okay i feel like i'll just hang it on the wall <laughs> right <laughs> but i don't know if you guys are aware of this but we have the internet today <laughs> it tells us everything is that not what you That's had? That's true. We have apps on our phone that you can uh, go to the... Like yeah, you're right. You didn't, you didn't have one of those? <laughs> not <laughs> 1983. <clears throat> so this was a skill set that Tammy no had. Shit. She was fucking badass enough to be able to she's use going, this... She's going back to like just ahead of Columbus. Oh my God. Yeah, she used this medieval... She's going back to a time when Columbus was like old school. <laughs> she, she was able to use this medieval looking little thing to make sure she wasn't just drifting aimlessly. She had also been able to recover her wristwatch, her digital wristwatch, which had fallen off and ended up in the bilge water. Yeah, she found sure. it, and that helped her read the charts, too, because I guess they were, like, date-based. So she was able to track time and, and dates. There was still a major risk that she was off on her latitude, which was understandably very worrisome to her at the time. But she had decided, based on where she thought she was... With her primal navigation tools, that her best bet for land was to get to Hawaii, which again was about 1,600 miles Jesus away Christ. or 2,500 kilometers. My best bet is to go 1,600 miles away. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine that, imagine that being your mindset. Oh my God. And it was a long, scary, arduous journey to make with enough obstacles on board to make it near impossible. For one thing, Lest we forget, Tammy had an untreated head wound mm -hmm. that made it difficult for her to function and see. She had also lost an unknown amount of blood, sure. which made her weak and woozy. And early on in her journey to Hawaii, she was worried, again, understandably, about having fresh water to I was drink. just going to say, like, she probably mm -hmm. maybe had some food because she did batten everything down, you said, but... Yes. But water is, water is more key. But she was relieved to discover that there was still ha a quarter tank of water left. Okay. So there was some water left. There were not a ton of provisions left on board after the hurricane smashed almost everything. But she had she was able to make do with rationing canned goods like sardines, sure. peanut butter, franks and beans, and fruit cocktail. Hey, you're out in the middle Fucking of the food, ocean. It works. <clears throat> Hell it's yeah. Like a, it's like a delicacy. Right. In the category of small favors. There were also two cases of beer on board. Nice. You see why I oh, wanted to... Oh, there we go. Now I see. Yeah, I insisted we have beer tonight. But of course, all the beer in the world couldn't make this situation and ideal. you wouldn't <laughs> want to drink it in that situation anyway. She would later say she had one beer a day because, quote, it was filling. It made oh, me feel sure. good. sure. Okay. <laughs> and it made her feel good. Oh, Right. Yes, yes. Oh my God, Tammy, you deserved like a a fucking case of hard liquor. You deserve no. She deserves beers. You're right because they're filling. Mm -hmm. She's absolutely right. So cheers to Tammy. Damn. So Tammy's initial survival instinct. <laughs> so the beer survived. That's a, <laughs> I know, right? Two cases yeah. anyway. They never said how much they had on board initially. I don't know if some of them were lost. Well, they were going 4,000 miles, so they probably had more than two cases. <laughs> I, think so. I hope, for their sake. <laughs> the old tab style, probably, too. You know, it would have been just when these type of cans were coming out. The ones we know, the pop tabs. Even yeah. like three or four years earlier, you literally had to have like a one of the... A can opener. A can opener. Yeah. On both sides because yep. to, to get the vacuum or... Yep. or yeah. You had to do the big end and then mm -hmm. the, the little small end to vent it. So the pressure so wasn't... Funny. 
So fucking old fashioned. And somebody was like, we can just put like a pull just, tab just on like here. Pull tab. <laughs> oh, well, okay. And, and that guy now owns a planet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he figured out like the simplest thing. Right. <laughs> Tammy's initial survival instinct had served her well to kick her brain into action, but as the days in the vast expanse of the Pacific Ocean wore on, her resolve, again, understand. Going 1,600 miles in a car. Oh my god. I've done is, uh, almost 3,000 right. over multiple days. And that's really fucking easy compared to going oh, 1,600 miles yeah, in an ocean. Compared to what she did, yeah. There's no Bob's Motel uh, that I know of. Nope. There might be. Like, in the middle of the Pacific <laughs> Yeah, there might yeah, be. Like, like the other one. They're like, <laughs> we're just out here. In her own words, quote, being on that boat was like being in solitary confinement, end quote. That's the other part of it, right? Not only are you having to survive, but you're all by yourself. And you you already have a head injury. Yes. So. Oh, my God. Plus other shit. I mean, I'm sure she was Mm. sore all over her body. Yeah. Had to have been. fucking stressed as shit. Yeah. Like, I don't know that you could get more stressed. The only thing that's getting her through is the little little amount of food that she has and adrenaline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really it. Yep. There were periods of time where she would break down, then force herself to carry on. She would force herself to stop crying by reminding herself she couldn't risk the dehydration and had to preserve her drinking sure. water. Sure. Saline in your tears. Yep. Despite the extreme mental toughness, it had to take. It had taken her to continue on, or maybe because of it. At some point, she slipped into a near catatonic state for a couple of days, just like stopped functioning. Yeah. Which, fuck yeah. yeah. I would, that would have been day one for me. But like I said, I already would have been. I wouldn't even. I have, know, right? I wouldn't even have made it to Catatonia. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I would, I would, that would have been an upgrade exactly. for me. Exactly. So she just stopped moving, drinking, eating anything for a couple of days. Then what she called an inner voice began to speak to her. When asked later to describe the voice, she said, quote, I think it was my inner spirit, quite frankly. It was my spirit. People want to convince me it was God, but I don't know. I think personally it was my inner spirit, end quote. Side note, I have zero problem with people believing in God, but I have to say I really like that Tammy was just honest about what she thought was going on. You know what? No matter what you think, God herself. Well, was she? I think if she was religious, she would have said something. But hey, that, I, I appreciate and get, that she's like, you know what? I, I, It's fine that people believe in God, but I actually think it was just me. And she didn't get carried away with describing it in a disgenuine way. I, I, and by the way, if you were in that her. situation, you thought it was God? Okay. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Whatever, whatever gets whatever you through works. this shit. Oh, my God. I cannot stress that enough. I mean, I think that's the only use for for. for religious belief is to get you through shit go for it go for it if it helps you oh my god just don't fuck other people over in the process anyway she would later state that the voice audibly spoke to her three times so like she felt that she literally heard a voice not just like a talking to yourself in your head thing but like audibly the voice told her that she had to get up and uh, get up and keep going so she did For weeks, she vacillated between steely resolve and paralyzing grief and trauma. Um, At one point, she hallucinated seeing an island and an airplane that Uh, weren't actually there. That would really suck. Now, really quick warning. uh, Fast forward 30 seconds if discussion of suicide is troubling to you. Um, So soon after that experience, her hallucinations, she took a rifle that was on board the Hazana and put the barrel in her mouth. Um, the voice told her to stop, so she did. <clears throat> now, with the voice, are you talking about the television show? Oh my god! You just wanted to try and bring it, lighten it up a little, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I don't blame you. <clears throat> All right, this is gonna get was better. It, was it Christina Aguilera? <laughs> On November 22nd, after 41 days navigating the largest ocean on the planet Earth, Tammy's exceptional navigation skills were confirmed when she spotted land and a nearby ship. Damn. Literally 
she had reached the big island of Hawaii. No she shit. got exactly where, where she, she meant where to she be. Where she wanted to get... Yep. She fired a flare. And the ship, a Japanese, re- Japanese research vessel called the Hokusei Maru, spotted the flare and signaled back. Tammy had survived. She cracked open her last beer, which Fuck she yeah. had saved for when she finally <laughs> spotted civilization. That's right. She had a beer a day. She saved one. Cheers, Tammy. God no damn shit. it. <clears throat> so lest anyone think that you can survive 41 days alone at sea after receiving a traumatic head injury and after having experienced the loss of a loved one and not be forever effective... Tammy did indeed have plenty of trauma to deal with after her voyage. The head injury left her unable to properly read for six oh, wow. years. Okay. It fucked with her vision sure. and concentration. She never received counseling. Hello, 1980s. But attested to the fact that she clearly had what she called as, quote, some severe post-traumatic stress syndrome. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Granted, right? She later expressed regret for never having received professional psychiatric help. She had horrible nightmares about being lost at sea and dreamed of Richard. In her words, quote, It took me years to move on from being totally consumed by it. I held so much of this in for so long. I grieved for so long and I just wanted to erase it from my mind and move on. And she had to go on and have like a normal life going on through all of this. Well, let's keep going. With the same resolve she used to survive adrift, she purposefully continued with her life, even returning to sea almost immediately. She literally never stopped sailing. Makes sense. Like, back on the horse. I saw something. I didn't put it in here. But she was basically like, if you get in a car accident, you don't stop driving. Like, like get back on the horse sort of an idea, right? Uh, Her first trip back on open water wasn't just a little jaunt either. Her first trip. Back on open water after this was a six-month trip to the island of Fiji on a crew, on a boat. At one point, there were some gusty winds, and the ship's owner said to her, you, You're not afraid, are you? Uh, no. <laughs> she responded, Afraid? I've seen the worst. I'm not afraid of this. This is nothing compared to what I just yeah, experienced. Yeah, this is a drop in the like, bucket. fuck you, dude. God, Right. <clears throat> so around eight years after the disaster, Tammy's physical brain trauma was healing and she was able to read again. Her mother encouraged her to start writing down her experience for catharsis and healing, and she started working on what would eventually become her memoir. Sure. She worked to heal on her personal life, too. She put the engagement ring that Richard had given her on a rose and put it out to sea in memorial. Nice. To him. That's very sweet. Yes. About ten years after the Hazania. Tammy met her now husband, Eddie Ashcraft. So that's why she goes by Tammy Oldham Ashcraft today. And they went on to have two daughters. Uh, While they were young, her children only knew that, quote, mommy was in a hurricane, end quote. Yeah, that's about all you need to tell them until they're old enough to kind of start dealing with it. (laughs) Like they'll understand when they're 30. (laughs) Maybe. We'll we'll give them to that time. In 2002, at age 42 and nearly two decades after the disaster, her daughters and the rest of the world learned much more about Tammy Oldham Ashcraft and her 41 Days at Sea when she published her memoir, Red Sky and Morning, A True Story of Love, Loss, and Survival at Sea. 16 years later, in 2018, her story was adapted into the film Adrift with Shailene Woodley starring as Tammy. Tammy, now 58 years old, was I couldn't see her exact role in the production, but she did promotion for the movie. She um, was probably like a technical advisor. Right, because like presumably like they, they, they paid for her story, mm-hmm. right? Because sure. of her memoir, yeah. The option or whatever they're called. And she did several interviews that really helped inform my story. Uh, I'm guessing there wouldn't have been as many articles or interviews of her online if the film hadn't come out. You know? Sure. So, and this is Tammy today. Okay. She just looks like a happy lady. Yeah. Just a happy, cheerful. With a picture. Still looks of, like a California lady. And she's a picture on a boat. That's right. Yep. She never stops sailing. That's her. I mean, that's. Mm-hmm. Well. And people get into boating. Keep, that. Keep oh, this I'm sorry. For a second, I'm going to point out something. That's else. kind. Of, that kind of becomes their life right? a little bit. Tammy now lives with her family off San Juan Island, off of Washington, or on San Juan Island, off Washington State near Vancouver. Nice. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Tammy's story is a really good one to hear as we say our goodbye to this year. Metaphorically speaking, 
I think a lot of us feel adrift, left to just figure this all out on our own. There's going to be a lot of trauma and shit that we will all need to deal with after the major effects of this pandemic is over, and hopefully we can take a page from Tammy's book and do just that. In her words, quote, no matter what's thrown your way, you just gotta dig deep. If you can just hang on, get through it, be strong, and have perseverance, and on the other end, you're gonna come out of it okay, end quote. To this day, Tammy wears a pendant necklace. Oh, okay, so that's what In the shape of a sextant. Oh, okay. She says, quote, it reminds me of how I got home. Sure. End quote. And that, my friends, is the story wow. of the Hazanya and Tammy Old Mashcraft. That's a, that's a hell of a story. Badass lady. Wow. Yeah. Um, don't go sailing in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's... Is that your takeaway? <laughs> that is my takeaway. Especially in 1983. <laughs> Especially ever. Like, even even today. Like, the... I'm with you, but it's a lot. <laughs> oceans are... And I, I'm i hoping... Well, they're big and they're very wet. <laughs> but what they also are are very extremely powerful. Yes. Like, I mean, it's There's just... There's no fucking around. There really isn't. And you are microscopic it's, no matter the size of yeah, the ship. <laughs> like, yeah, and it doesn't matter. Yeah, the grand yeah. scope of things, like, you're probably going to lose. You know, and it's... Yeah, for people to take this on... I know it takes a lot of gumption to there's say the least. Fucking no way. There's there's no way. No thanks. But but do you see why? Like, cause this story ended up being more fitting than I thought. Even <clears throat> how this is like a really good metaphor for right now. <laughs> yes, it very much is. Like just how much can we take? Well, we can take how much we can take, and then we'll keep going. And you have two options: either you stop, which isn't an option. Nope. And it's not an option for any of you. I swear to Christ, you hurt yourselves. I will come and hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) Even worse. (laughs) No, but it's, you know, that like, like she said, like, you just have to. Like, just every time that, like, that's what survival is. And unfortunately... We're in survival mode right now. Mm -hmm. It is not going to last forever. And in fact, there's a real end to this in sight. Like we're starting to see the the shore, right? And like you just have to keep going. You don't have any other choice. You have to keep going. Literally one foot in front of the other. Literally... Uh, the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day, one day at a time is exactly what has to be done. And fuck if Tammy Oldham Ashcraft <clears throat> can make her way in the open ocean for 41 days, we can fucking hang in for the rest of this. Yes, we can. And we can find our own way home. Absolutely. I, hey, I, I like that. <laughs> yes. Very much so. <clears throat> yep. Oh, so. So listen to this podcast <laughs> and then listen to, I think I suggested it to you, which I believe is the song of 2020 heading mm. into 2021, mm. which would be Radiohead's No Surprises. Mm. No alarms, no surprises. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of flashes back on everything from 2020 lyrically, Mm-mm. but has an optimistic mm. You know, no alarms and no surprises. So look that one up. The only way is forward. Exactly. Yep. And you can do it. And we can do it. And we're here for you. Yes, we are. <laughs> and again, we want to thank everybody who has participated in listening to. Yes. Spreading the word of this mm-hmm. podcast. It's. Everything. It's, it's Everything. A, uh, when we started this three and a half years ago. Oh my God. There's no. I didn't even come close to thinking this far off into the future. Mm-mm. I was like, there's, there's like, oh, we'll do some episodes. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. And this is 182. <laughs> this, is how, this is how it's gone. That's how it's gone. Yep. We made our way all the way to Tammy Old Mashgrad. Yes, and that is no thanks to all of you. No, no, that is thanks to all of you. You said no thanks to all of you. You're right, I did. 
No thanks to all of you. <laughs> Fuck you people who are listening and telling other people you to listen. the exact opposite. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we, hate, we hate you all. This is our last broadcast. Signing off. <laughs> You're like, no thanks to all of you. <laughs> I knew what you meant. I just wanted to correct you. I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, okay, cheers to Tammy. Yes. Cheers to 2020. And cheers to 2021. Absolutely. <laughs> we're, both, we're both done I, I still have a little of mine there you go there's a little shake in there <laughs> so that was the Hazanya and Tammy Oldham Ashcraft yacht incident no I'm just calling it the Hazanya and Tammy Oldham Ashcraft that sounds better this has been another episode of All Bad Things I'm David I'm Rachel happy new year to everybody yes we love you all come we'll back s- come back and see us next year yes that's right <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha